I, I always tell people, anyone who asks me, that startup was both intentional and accidental for me. The tweet I saw online was that only females are advised to apply. On the day of the interview, I was the only guy among like 17 females. And I was the one that finally got the job. Because on the fourth month, um, the management got me on a call and we're like, we saw truck on your LinkedIn. I'm no employee of this company that allowed to have a side business. So it's either you resign or you drop your idea. I resigned that same day. I just found myself on truck full time. The hardest phase of my life. I went from living on 400, 500k in a month to surviving on less than 50,000 naira. Um, you talk to people trying to build startups these days and you're like, why are you going to start it? And they're like, I don't have money for how. Okay, so you really think how is your biggest problem. Market won't boo you. Hello and welcome to Tea in Tech, the podcast for tech enthusiasts. If this is your first time listening to the episode, we also have a four-minute thriller that gives an overview to the podcast i strongly recommend you listen to that before you start listening to the podcast and if you've done that we can jump right in at this point if you don't already know what is happening in tech, man, I don't think there's any other time you can get to know. Currently, especially in this country, people are moving into like building startups and stuff. And for you that are listening to this, there should be a, there should be a desire to want to be part of the growth of something or contribute in some way. So on this podcast and on today's episode, we have a very wonderful guest, a founder and um, someone where when I was going through his resume, I was just like, wow, wow, wow. Man, you guys are going to really have a very good day today because we have a founder in our midst and someone of high intelligence. On the podcast today with me, we have Williams Fatayo. Hello, Williams. How are you doing? Hi, Michael. I'm awesome. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. It's really cool to have you. It's really cool to have you. So, uh, how is how how has to be been now? How's it been? Um, it's been um, just another day, <laughs> doing what we have to do to get what we need to get done done. Um, quenching fires and being the chief servant officer at truck. Well, yeah, it's been a good day. Yeah, for people that don't know, Williams is the founder of Truck. I would like to say that's the the Uber of logistics, or is that not what you guys call it? It's kind of really yeah, um, something like yeah. First, before we jump right in, uh, I have one question. Um, seeing like going through like your experience and all, I was not really surprised because. When you get to ask founders how it's how is having a startup, they're always like, man, it is hard. I just have to tell you, startup is this, startup is this. There's so much you have to do at the same time and stuff like that. So I have 
I, I want to ask because seeing that you finished your bachelor's in 2017, I've noticed that you have been active in like a few roles, even while you were in school. Like you were the co-founder of Work for Gender Equality and like a few other things. So um, I want to know, how were you able to manage this? Were you preparing yourself at some point? I would have a startup and I have to like get used to the pressure. Because if not, how were you able to, how were you able to make this happen? How were you able to combine school and other things you were doing at that point? Yeah, thank you very much, Michael. Um, I, I, I always tell people, anyone who asks me, that startup was both intentional and accidental for me. In the sense that in, in, intentional from a place of, I've, I think I've been building capacity all my life. Um, I, I knew very early on that, I think I became very self-aware early on that problem solving was something something that I enjoy doing. I, I, I meet a challenge and rather than just bypass it and leave it for the next person to figure out. Um, I actually want to deal with it so that nobody after me would have to deal with that same problem. Um, so I, I think all of that evolved into different things. Um, when a female presidential candidate stood up in Futa and wanted to contest for the student union president and no one was paying attention to her just because she's female. Um, I had to jump in to be, be a campaign manager um, to blow up around the campus just because why should you guys be kicking against her just because she's female? Um, so different events on campus, like and that was how the work for gender equality campaign was better actually. And so different events over the course of my undergraduate days were were made just meeting a problem solving, meeting a problem solving. And then alongside all of that, um, I, I found myself always attending if an entrepreneurship event is happening under the rock, if you find two people there, the organizer and one person, I will be, I'll probably be that other person. Um, entrepreneurship, startup stuff, and everything I was always angry, um, taking up on or, or taking all of those knowledge in. Um, but the truth is that right at that point in time, I had no idea what I was going to do with all of the information that I was um soak, soaking in, all of the knowledge that I was acquiring. I just knew I I, I those things just excite me um, in some in some way. So that that's the only intentional side to it. By the time Trump would happen at all, um, after doing a bit of sales with Microsoft, um, brand and marketing comes with Wemmer Bank and brand and marketing logistics officer with the same bank. Um, so you just know deep down within you that you, you were prepared for this all along. Some, some decisions come instinctively to you. Um, the idea has to think twice on just what is what you need to do now. And just jump into that. That's aside the fact that I tried out a startup idea in my 500 level that failed. So a, a, a lot of passive um, capacity was already there before truck started. So yeah, it wasn't exactly like I knew I was going to do startup. I think it was just a an accidental acquisition of knowledge and capacity that happened over the years um, with no idea of how I was going to use it. But startup came and all of that came in handy. One thing I'm also very interested in, because we are really going to talk about the startup part extensively, I really want to get to understand the issue about the work for gender equality. Like, I know this is a problem in this country. And most times when we, when such happens, we most times see women fronting the campaign for gender equality. So how was it being a guy 
and fronting like how like how were you able to navigate that situation i mean i'm sure you're probably getting shrugs from your fellow guys and stuff so how was it like moving against the tide yeah thank you very much so yes um i think it, it, it was it was quite an interesting phase uh for me um in fact when i was fronting that lady's um presidential campaign her name is shimola delusi um and I was fronting a campaign. Some guys on campus were even circulating propaganda that myself and I were having sex. That was why I was so, so passionately behind that. But the <laughs> line to it was, I looked, at, I looked at all of those presidential candidates. I looked at them in terms of competence and capacity. When she only vibrates, everyone listens. When she's, when she's vibrating, when she's speaking, you have no choice but to listen. Um, Academic-wise, she was a daily staff, first class, super smart, super intelligent, I'm, I'm, I'm deeply vocal, I'm super aggressive, very intentional, um, a people person to a very large extent, a very solid bridge when you begin to emphasize um, school management and students, students' interaction and, 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 and the, all of that. So it was it was a very, very interesting phase for me. I think the, the core of it was just that, the question I had to ask myself was, who was the best person for this role? And beyond that, the very key thing again that I had to answer was that, so because she's female, in fact, ladies, even ladies were like, well, why would the female be contesting for president? Why can't she go and do vice president that females usually contest for in the student union? And all of those very disappointing stuff that I heard from a lot of females back then. Um, but I think it just opened my, my eyes to the kind of um, society that we are in. And, and, and as we built truck, as we journeyed on, I committed to a very large extent to, of the platform of truck, um, create seats at the table for as, for, create seats for as many women as I can on any table that I own or can influence. Um, started truck with the female co-founder. Over fifty percent of the team um, is female or are female, and and I've been super intentional about that all along. Um, so I think gender equality is not a destination; it's a lifestyle that we all would have to live uh, or come to terms with as we journey. So yeah, that's 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 just what it's been. Um, how we started and where we've got into as of today. Wow! Wow! That that's really really cool. Another thing I'm really curious about is um, having an engineering background to being a brand manager at Wilma Bank. Like, firstly, when you were have get going for the degree, did you did you have it in mind that oh, I just want to just get this degree and put it somewhere and focus on my life, or or Nigeria just happened? Do you get what I'm saying? Like, because these are two very different things. And I found it very, like, when I speak to founders, I always find out that most times these people did not actually study in school what they're actually doing now. So for you, how was it moving from, like, even, like, your day job before being a founder wasn't even related to your field in school? So how, how did that play out? So I think um, again, right from uni, like I said, I was very, I became very self-aware early enough. So I knew what excites me and all of it. Um, I knew I could talk and convince people to align with um, 
my own my position or my perspective to whatever I was trying to communicate about. Um, it was very key to most of the things that I achieved while on campus. I mean, in fact, I was an MC. I was I, I, I was a stand-up. Um, I was an event MC at some point on campus. Like any event, you would always see MCWTF, an acronym that I found off my name, anchoring most of the events on campus back then. Um, so immediately I finished, um, a user adoption consultant came up for Microsoft Solutions. Um, and the whole job was sit down with the engineers, understand whatever they've built, and then sit down with the whole business and help them adopt the Microsoft solutions that have been deployed within that business. You sit down with the HR on how to leverage Yammer to drive internal communications, you drive, you, you email um, Office 365 adoption across all of the departments and all of that. So it was just me talking and convincing people, this thing will make your life easy. And that was literally all, all I was doing with Microsoft Solutions back then. Um, but just before I finished school again, I took a Google digital marketing course, sort of. So immediately I left that job. Um, the Roman Bank job came up. Very interesting scenario around how that job came about. The tweet I saw online was that only females are advised to apply. On the day of the interview, I was the only guy among like 17 females. And I was the one that finally got the job. Very interesting place. Um, but regardless, uh, brand and marketing consumer bank was the first my, my very first exposure to brand and marketing communications. My first two months were probably the most chaotic phase of my entire professional life. But I picked up clarity, I picked up momentum. I we did a good job at Premier Bank. It was a very exciting phase of my professional life. But also the initial part was the most chaotic till date. Uh, but yeah, that that's just what the journey has been. I, I think communication sales kind of latch on to certain inbuilt capacities for me. Um and, and, and I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it all the way. Wow. Like one thing is I can actually relate when you see your first two months as your initial month. I think I've had that experience to starting a job and at first it was very difficult adapting to like a lot of things yeah so speaking on your um, position at Wilma immediately I saw that you are taking a role at Alert by Wilma as a brand uh, marketing logistic manager I was like oh that is where truck <laughs> that's where truck came from I'm curious so I want to know if this was where the whole idea from truck, if this was where it came from. Yes, um, you're very right. Um, managing brand and marketing logistics for Women Bank and Alert meant that for everything that was moving from the head office, um, from the head office, um, both at Marina and at um, Ido Utilo, um, moving to all the branches nationwide, moving to all the campuses for activations um, and, and all of that. It had to run through me. I had to make sure those steps got there. Um, it's it's always so easy if you're just moving from one place to another branch, just one location. But when you need to execute like 20, 30, 40 branches simultaneously, everything breaks down. The struggle to find vehicles, the struggle with pricing, drivers load yeah. and go off the radar, you manage them for days and all of that. Both of those exposures were certain frustrations that I just had to live through. Actually, the frustrations were not really what led us to start truck. Um, I think towards the middle of 2019, I, I at 20, early in 2018, I made a friend, Folusha Ojo, 
uh, we became very close friends because she was in the brand of marketing comp space to her then. Um, in the middle of 2019, she bought a wardrobe um, somewhere on the island and she needed to move that furniture to um, the mainland. She stayed at Ojojo. What was supposed to be two, three hours of find a vehicle, go pick it up and drop it at Ojojo, took four days to find a vehicle that fits that wardrobe at the price that works. That was when, that was literally the Eureka moment. That, what if we did have to go through this four days frustration? Then what if we didn't want to deal with this on our jobs at all? Um, but, but that's what drove that furniture experience was, was the moment uh, when we decided, okay, let's give it a shot. Um, and we got on it, started figuring it out. We traveled across Lagos. We, we figured out the fact that of another idea that we were working on. So initially, we were working on an idea to connect people that are traveling somewhere to people that need to send items there. So I'm traveling here. Give me your load. I'll give me your um uh, package that will help you deliver it for you pay me money so i get to make some extra box while traveling and you yeah. get to send your stuff at the regular logistic companies but we struggled with at the point we struggled to establish the point of um security and verification of people on the platform so yeah able, trust, sort of that trust. Device, yes trust we struggle we struggle to uh institutionalize trust into the um, into the product um so it was around then that that furniture experience happened. So we just kind of pivoted the idea, traveled across Lagos, pivoted the idea into, into a platform, um, a platform that can connect people that I need to move stuff to the closest vehicle, um, sort of. So um, we traveled across Lagos, built an Excel sheet of about 86 drivers and designed a flyer that says, call this number if you need to move anything, I will get the closest vehicle to your door. Um, 6th of January, the first call came in. And that, uh, and that was how we did our 100 trip, first 100 trip, trips. Um, picking calls, looking through the Excel sheet for the driver closest to where that call was coming from and activating the driver to go do that trip. It, 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 it was a very interesting Eureka moment while I was at Roma Bank and the transition into how it, it we all got it started. Well, um, I really can't understand the the struggle. I remember working at the port like a while ago, and we had to like move like containers. I was still durable. I had friends in the logistics side, and I know the stress they had to go through. Like, there was a point where I was trying to port, and I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> This stress is not for me. So I really understand like how much you guys are trying to like make a lot of things easy. Immediately I saw that you also moved from like Wilma Wilma to like, wire pay chat. I was like, oh, he's trying to gather experience. He's trying to gather experience. Was that what it was? Was that was it just another opportunity to gather experience for you? Or you're like, oh, okay, let me just let me yeah. just keep going and stuff like that. Yes, it was an opportunity to get startup experience. Um, it was an opportunity to get startup experience from a place of I was going to build a startup and I've never worked in one before. At last, maybe a startup because it was Nigeria's first fully digital bank and we blew it up. Um, but I needed to see beans somewhere where everything was built from scratch. And that was tied to Weber Bank. It wasn't technically a startup, it had lots of money. The launching was mad and all of that. So it wasn't it wasn't really, really like a startup like that. Um so I, I, I told my boss, my boss that has been aware of all of what we've been trying to build since when Trump was just an idea on paper. 
that I was going after startup I um, experience. I, she gave me her blessings and off I went to be the marketing manager for um, that fintech. We launched the fintech. Uh, we soft launched it in four states in Nigeria. Grew it to about hundred thousand dollars in GMV within the first six months of launch. Um, super exciting. No, within the first three months of launch, actually, because on the fourth fourth month, um, the management got me on a call and we're like. We saw truck on your LinkedIn. I'm no employee of this company is allowed to have a side business. So it's either you resigned or you drop your idea. Oh, I resigned wow. that same day and just found myself on truck full time. Um, wow. Kind of earlier than I wanted, but I have not looked back since then. Yeah. At that point, it still took like a lot of like guts to say, you know what, you yeah. guys take your walk wow like i won't i won't lie to you and tell you it was a very convincing move because it wasn't it was the hardest hardest phase of my life i went from living on 400 500k in a month to surviving on less than fifty thousand naira, just because i had mapped up all of my the savings i had and i knew i needed to survive on the savings for at least a year before truck can be able to pay me one naira in salaries and then i had just about 700 800k in my account, I think just a little over eight hundred k. And if I was spending 50 50 k, I would do six months. Then another hundred or two hundred k for emergencies. And uh, those twelve months were hard, hard. I was sleeping on bunk bed in my room because I could not afford the normal mattress and all of it. But very interesting wow. stories. Well, at least you can look back and be grateful for how far we've come now. Yeah, yeah, that, that that's the point. That's the point, and. Um... I honestly want to know. I, I don't know if you want to talk about it, but for the sake of people that would be listening, I would also want to start the company to have their own startup. Like, can you walk us through like how it was building truck? Like from saying no to that kind of offer, like how was it? Um, I think it was a bit of... Starts crappy for us. Like I said, truck started off an Excel sheet. We've already done about six, seven thousand dollars in revenue before we wrote one line of code. In fact, we've already done about nine thousand, almost ten thousand dollars in revenue before we wrote one line of code. Um, and what that means was that it was a bit of validated by all means. Um, you talk to people trying to build startups these days and they're like, I'm like, and you're like, why well, haven't you started? And they're like, I don't have money for app. Okay, so you really think app is your biggest problem? Market will humble you. <laughs> I swear, market will humble you. <laughs> so um, I, I think it was a very rough, rough starting and, and I enjoyed that phase. The first 100 trips, because we started very much B2C, when people book trips and request for loaders, um, I would join all of those trips and load as, as loaders. In our first year, we did about 222 trips. I'm sure I was on about 800 to 850 of them as the loaders helping with loading and offloading um, whenever customers booked all of those days. That was how rough it was. But the goal, uh, as, as rough as it was, we were fixated on what it could be when it was huge, when people, businesses can offer our platform connect to any size of vehicle they want from anywhere and we will be able to really 
build a solid experience across the African market. So with an eye on the big picture, we kept going at that very small phase and slow and steady. We did our first 10 trips, our first 100 trips, our first 1,000 trips, then we did 5,000, then we did 10,000 and onward and forward like that. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been one of the journey, but it's been very much of make what you can from what you have. Make the best that you can from the little that you have. Yeah. Wow, that's that's really that's really good. I even want to know, like, at any point, did he ever get to you? Like, maybe I should just go back. Like, did you have any self doubt at any point while building a company? I feel this question is very important yes. for people that are just starting, so that they know the that first, it's not really for easy. First, for the first two years, even till this year. About two weeks ago, I was still crying myself to bed. Oh, God, what is this? Cry yourself to bed, wake up the next morning, dust it off and show up. You have back-to-back -back panic attacks. You use tears to dry it up, and then the next day you show up again. Um, I think for the first for the first two years, most of the time, I think it's, it's just easier to manage now. At least I now cry maybe once in a week or once in two weeks now. Well, I, I, I think this is a must listen for every founder because you see, people do not really understand the amount of work, the amount of self belief that you have to have. Like, it just takes a lot. People think it's a easy ride, it's probably one of the hardest journeys anyone would have. It will humble right. you. So I, I always say that don't do startup because. Everyone is doing startup. Don't do startup for the CEO title. Do it because you actually love the idea so much and you would figure out the solution even if no one was paying you a cover for it. Because on the days when it gets hard, that love for the problem will be the last line of connection that you have with what you are doing. Because everything else will be saying, guys, stop and go back. But that love for the problem is, is what will keep you going. Yeah, so... Don't do it because everyone is doing it because you love the problem. Because uh, ultimately, when it gets hard, that's the only thing you'll be able to hold on to to still keep selling. Wow. Um, so I would like to know, like throughout your years of building truck, um, I've listened to, hold on, I've listened to like a few interviews and I've heard people call it truck you. <laughs> Uh, how many times have you had to correct the name and be like, no, it's truck? <laughs> every day, every day. So today, <laughs> it's not truck, it's, it's truck. It's not truck, it's truck, please. At some point, I thought, right? And just change the name. But like, people will grow into it. Yeah. We've never had the word Uber, Taxify, Bolt. Those brands grew on us and then their names became also things. So everyone who gets used to it, it's just, yeah, just people would time always grow on it. Yeah. Yeah. So I would like to know while building a style for this like amount of time, what has been your biggest challenge and how did you solve it? So two things. One, um one thing I understood very clearly was trying to automate any traditional process or sector in Africa has to be the hardest thing anyone would ever have to do in their entire lives. 
One from the place of I was involved in the market adoption of Nigeria's first fully digital bank. So I understand firsthand how hard it is to make people stop what they are doing, especially what is convenient for them. Especially of how crappy it is to make them do something that is better, even how, how smarter or faster it is. Um, so I was kind of ready for that. I think market, even the even our customers thought it was a daylight dream saying we wanted to automate third-party logistics within the segment that we're operating. But glad thankfully they 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 opened up to us and They've kind of seen that it's actually not impossible. Uh, I was talking to one of our the country managers of one of our biggest customers today, and she was like, "You guys have set a standard. Like anyone that wants to be serious with their third party logistics must work with you guys. Else, they are not serious and all of it." And I'm like, "Okay, it's just three years now. You're already saying this. Just give me ten years. Young Africa will hear it and, and and all of that. So market adoption of our ideas around." Smarter, faster, and more efficient top party logistics to the very uh, uh, um, high hurdle to scale. Um, drivers that don't know how to use smartphones, that you have to train, and then that don't kind of afford smartphones, that you have to fund devices for them so they're able to sort of help you advance the cost of automation um, and, 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 and all of that. We struggled with the pricing model too a bit. Initially, we were pricing cost per kilometer for individuals and businesses. Then as we joined on, we knew that it wouldn't work for business. It wasn't scalable for businesses. It took us a while to get there, but we pivoted that pricing model. Um, and then it, it just blew up from there. Like we pivoted the pricing model and we did 13X almost immediately within the next 12 months. That was how crazy it was. Um, just tweaking the pricing model. I can't believe how wow. significant that, that change was. We did 13x of 2020 and 2021, just tweaking that pricing model. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah. So so I think I think th 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 those were like the two biggest challenges of um the very early stage up until now. I think every day new challenges show up. But I think if you could survive this month, this long, every other challenge will bow. Yeah. As a founder, what are mistakes that you have made and you feel like people that are about to start now can learn from so they don't have to make the same mistake? So um, one very mistake I made was with the first, very first idea that I that I worked on. Um, I put products before the market. Um, never again. Figure out the market, understand the market before you even start building anything. Um, don't make the mistake of let me build the app, they will come to shock you. you your, it's only you and your family that will use it. In fact, your family will never use it. And 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 and, and all of that. Um then sometimes I I made some hiring mistakes soon. Hmm. I mean, I think I'll I will still make a few more. Um but your very first hires should be people that believe in you. Not in the idea. People that believe in you and everything that is possible for you as a person. Those are your first yeah. ideas. Um, it's crazy. The, the best guys that have worked with me up until today are guys that I either went to, went back to, because we attended the same university, I knew what they could, they could do. I've seen their professional journey. Guy, you don't know me from way back. You know when I started this idea. 
this is what I'm trying to be, this is the point we've got into, this is how I need you to get to the next phase. And they, they literally resign their jobs, take pay cuts to come join us. Wow. They're, they're paying them 500,000 where they were coming from. Probably I can only manage to pay them to 50 or 300. They will take it and they will still come. They are, they are solid professionals that understand their job. But because they believe in me, when it gets hard, they, they grind it out with us um, and, and, and all of that. So your first hires, in fact, I can't, I can't quantify enough how critical it is that you you sell yourself to those people first before you sell the, the company because it is the faith in you that will keep them going, not really the idea. Because that early stage, is, it's nothing to say, I'm proud I'm working here about it's just like okay I'm, I have hope that I'm in the fact that I'm working with this person that's the only thing that they will be able to hold on to so you want to really be able to check in that box um, so I, I made a couple of very wrong ideas um, put the product before the market in the previous idea and what other mistake, mistakes have I made I think I've made, I've made a lot of mistakes a few not necessarily a lot yeah, it's, it's understandable, like knowledge and advice free. Whenever I, I was confused, I would always have someone to call that has done it before to say, Bro, bros, how far this is what I'm trying to deal with. Have you done with it before? Have you done with how did you deal with it? And they walk on trade. So I had I had lots of advice in my corner. Oh, so don't 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 jump into it. Don't jump into it. Find get solid advisors. Yeah, um, in your own mistakes, you can avoid yours. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, you spoke about hiring mistakes. Um, and as I promised, like listeners, as I promised the community, because we have not yet launched, um, would like to know you now as the founder, what are you currently looking for in staffs? And applicant, like, what are you looking for? When you see people that say they want to join truck, what, what comes to your mind? What do you want to find out? I think one thing it is is it is is that I want to find people that are excited, like deeply excited about what they do. You know, it, it, it gets to a point that the job that you do, you will feel like this job is after my life. But because you like it so much, you just want to keep doing it. You just want to yeah. keep grinding it. You get You just want to keep showing up. That excitement, that character, and the fact that I enjoy the work that I do is something that we really look out for a lot. Uh, um, I think I also like to work with people that have either built something before or have side businesses. You understand the startup phase in ways that I can't explain. Yeah. You understand the whole pain of going from zero to one to two to three and all of that. And more importantly, people that are stupidly ambitious. Like you give yourself, you set ambitions for yourself that if you are telling yourself, be like, ah, are you whining yourself? But you just hold on to it that is an ambition, regardless. I don't know if it's work, but I just. I think it would be great if I can live in this reality. 100%. I think yeah. it yes. So people, that ambition is, all, is also a, 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 a box that I like to check. After I check those first three, then I now look at, okay, do you have the skill sets that is needed? Do you have the experience in the space? I think anybody can learn on those. But those first three, you can learn. It has to be follow-up. 
I've never managed social media before. I'm a bank of my first social media account and I killed it on it at that high level. So I think skill and competence are secondary, but the primary are the character, the ambition, and the excitement around what you do. Those are the three things that I filter for, check out for first. Wow, it's, it was really nice speaking to you. Thank you so, so, so much. Like, it haunts me that we are coming to an end. In fact, now, I am giving you an open invite. We have two series coming up. Uh, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. It was nice having you on the podcast. Thank you very much, Michael. Thanks for having me. Thank you for staying till the end of the podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you get notified every time we drop an episode. And also share to people in the tech ecosystem that you feel this might be of value to. Do have a wonderful day and see you in the next episode.